my god, it's April. But the Did you say that? Actually, it's still March. Not anymore. Who put the Mars in March? Is this thing our This is Big Green. This is Big Green, April 2017. Hey, that rhymes. That's fantastical. Well, God knows we have a new Net Trek episode for you this this beautiful month. Spiders it's, in my stomach were eating the colors. <laughs> Keep it down, Eminem. <laughs> Don't freak out, man. Bessie <laughs> Hinton is my hero. <laughs> and your muse, apparently. We'll have a few recycled songs for you to listen to. It's gonna be fantastic. Don't forget about the Net Track episodes that they're about to listen to. Net 32. Net 32. Can't believe we made it this far. All our fester years. Stay tuned. What a lame name. Ha! This is Lee Major. Last week, our show was preempted for some hastily written and poorly produced Yuletide programming. Although, if memory serves, Christmas time was destroyed, blown to bits two years ago. Or maybe that was two months ago. I don't know, but it doesn't matter, because this week, the show you all like is back on the air and set to entertain you with amazing and outlandish space adventures. Oh boy! I had a peek of what they've been cooking up on the soundstage, and it's nothing like I'd seen before. All the colors of the rainbow have been used to spray paint the tumbleweed and mesquite that already grows around the building. What a show! Stay tuned! It's wild, Steve. It's wild! Space. The ultimate marketplace. These are the voyages of the Starship Free Enterprise. Its mission of undetermined length, um, until we're canceled, I guess. To seek out strange new commodities, exploitable alien workforces, to brazenly amass the largest profits that any corporation has before. like nobody's here. They must have completely abandoned this planet when they found out that their sun was about to explode. Talk about a bad weather report. <laughs> that just has to be a hundred times worse than blustery. <laughs> you can tell that there's nobody on the entire planet after seeing only one room in one building and you didn't even see the whole room yet. Somebody could be right behind that divider over there or crouching down behind those prefab shelving units. There might even be extras crawling all over, and you wouldn't know it. 
I think he's right, Ned. At least according to what the script said that our scanner said. The script also said that our scanner said that this planet was like an old, worn-out version of Earth. Imagine that. Another old, worn-out Earth. Yeah, that's freaking incredible. Just happens in every stupid episode. How do they know their sun is gonna explode anyhow? Looked pretty tame to me when we pulled into this system. Are you sure we drove to the right planet, Willard? Trust you to screw up the coordinates. You probably got them mixed up with one of your offshore bank account numbers. This isn't the planet Cayman, you know. Do us a favor and keep your sleeves in the bag next time. Ned, you don't understand. It's not the sun up in the sky that's about to explode. It's the Son of God, meaning the Son of the self-declared immortal and divine being that runs the planet. He who is not to be questioned, and that would be Baron Von Hitler Trump Esquire. Hey, he finally came into his own. Oh, fantastic. I guess it was his turn to inherit after Ude and Kusei Trump were killed by a robotic leopard with a ray gun. You see, this planet has paralleled Earth in every way. That is, until it got to 2016, after which a Trumpian dynasty got established on one of the major continents. Well, I'm sure you can just imagine the hijinks that ensued. Next thing you know, the sun is about to explode. If this episode needs that much of an explanation before the action starts, then it's going to be a real humdinger. What, was it written by the brainless fool that wrote the episode about Romney's brain being gone? This is yet another example of Hodgkin's law of We can't think up anything right this week, so let's just take a gander at the newspaper over here. Yep, and if I'm not mistaken, I've just been tapped to leave the State Department. Hop Singh, get my luggage and priceless colonial prayer room set packed and hauled over to my new digs. <laughs> you better bring my collection of vintage paintings of chimps driving vintage cars. And while you're at it, Hail a military chopper and have them airlift in my favorite garage. The one with the elevator. Hop who? I'm not your stereotypical Chinese house servant, sir. I think you're referring to that poor degraded bastard that has been marooned over on the Bonanza set for about 20 years. That show's not even filmed in this building. I think they actually have a budget. Willard, you were never even considered for Secretary of State. They were just trying to humiliate you by holding out the ball, letting you come and kick it, and then pulling it away at the last second. And it worked like a charm. Now you're their freaking monkey forever. Idiot. <laughs> it's true, it's true. I'm on the team now. I'm the waterback, which is just like being a quarterback except with more water. No, that just means you have to keep quiet and carry water around for every certified lunatic that's leaving a trail of slime wherever they go in the halls of power. Congratulations, sport. Well played. Hey, there's an old man coming this way. And that would mean what the script said about the scanner's life readings on this planet had to be all wrong. Although he doesn't look all that well. Hey, he looks familiar. I think it's Fleet Captain Reagan. Mr. Reagan, sir. What are you doing here? Hello. Hey. I'm Mr. Asbestos. You have done away with all of my doo-doo. I mean, with all my dodos. Um, I mean my duplicates. And what duplicates would those be exactly, sir? Ah, uh, Mr. Bumblebee would know. 
Now where is that hombre? I think he might be in the corny shed. Uh, I think you've jumped ahead a few pages in the script, Mr. Reagan. You're supposed to be telling us we're very late. Oh yes, thank you, Cochise. Now let's see. Oh, I've got it now. You're all very late. Where have you been? I see that the scriptwriters feel they need to write down the senile parts for this guy. What? Are they worried he can't ad-lib his non-sequiturs? Mr. Guntoast, what place is this, and why are you still here? Don't you know that the son of Ghosh is about to explode? Well, this does look like the room where I get my toast and warm milk served to me. Either that, or it's the soundstage for a movie that I was in called Brother Rat. Hehe, <laughs> I was in it with Prince Albert. Or maybe that was Eddie Albert. You know, I was the one that made the walrus go up and down. Or was that a hippo? Mommy would know. That's her on top of the food cake. Captain, this place looks like a library. It must be the Reagan Library, or its counterpart on this planet. But there are no books or filing cabinets. It's just shelf after shelf of old-style videotapes. That's right. Videos. I remember now. You're all supposed to choose one that interests you, and then go and put it into that dusty VHS machine over there. It was given to me by the Captain of French. I think that he is in the jungle now. So let me get this straight. This is like some kind of throwback blockbuster video rental place, right? Listen, you can just stream these movies now, old man. Although from what I can see, none of these movies are worth a stream of McLazian pooch piss. This one should interest you, young mannequin. Take a look here while a clumsier and more robotic version of myself shows the others some of our more thought-provoking selections. What is he talking about? Hey, Santa Fe Trail. I always wanted to see that picture. Who's in it, anyhow? Given the title, I think it's safe to say that Santa's in it. Must be a holiday mashup. With Santa hopping a freight train. His sidekick is a drug addict rabbit with prosthetic ass. Probably some animated piece of crap. Wait a minute. Raymond Massey is in it. And Errol Flynn. And... Why, you're in it too, sir. Are all of these tapes of your own movies? Well, they just might be, but I haven't been in any of them just lately. But when the time is right, and before the moon explodes, I'm going to choose one and jump into it. That's right, I'll be jumping right back into Custard. Golly, I love Custard. But you probably meant General Armstrong Custard, correct, sir? What the hell is he talking about now? Now the moon is going to explode, too. Well, I just found a copy of Newt Rockney, All-American. Now that's a movie and a half. Yep, it's about an hour and a half long, right? <laughs> you know, I've got to be back on the ship in time to oversee my servant's weekly scrubbing of my monogram lawn darts. Sometimes they get bits of worms on their pointy parts. When the team is up against it, when things are wrong and the brakes are beating the boys, ask them to go in there with all they've got and win just one for the gibbet. Uh, you mean the Gipper, right? Yes, win one for him, too. So you're really asking them to win, too? That's strange credulity. If you were their best player, 
It only goes to follow that the team must have sucked. <laughs> well, look here. It's a copy of One Million Years B.C. I don't think you were in that picture, sir. Were you, sir? No, I wasn't. But John Richardson used to bring me extra gravy in a soup can. Uh, or maybe that was Don Amici showing me his vintage stool collection. Hey, this tape works real good. <laughs> Cavemen wearing skins. This must be about the far and distant past. Uh-oh, here comes the mighty Allosaurus. <laughs> the things those cavemen had to deal with. Uh-oh, somebody's lifting up a rock that's five times their own size. Men sure were strong in those days. Hey, look, there are a few episodes of our show over here. It looks like the Manassery. That was the 17-hour-long recycle job we did back in the first season. It was fantastic, even though half of it was in black and white and the other half was in white and black. Hey, was Frank Gorshin in that one? Is the tab still on it? I bet he taped over it. Pretty much everybody does. I'd do it myself right now if I had hands and if Sea Biscuit were on. Or even the horse in the gray flannel suit. That was some contrived Disney turd. Well, we probably just have time for some tea biscuits before you choose your movies and go. Sulu, put the Cattle Queen of Montana cassette in the player. I want to see what a Cattle Queen looks like. Probably looks like a bull in an Ed Gora sweater. Now, there's probably a good reason why nobody ever heard of that movie. It's probably terrible. I think I was in that picture. Yes, there was a big cow that wore a crown, and I brought her baskets of Fruit Loops. Uh, yes, sir. No, that's right. That was another picture altogether. One with Barbara Stanwyck. In that one, I play a kind of maverick conman, gunslinger, card shark, lawman, bounty hunter that always just looked out for himself. I guess I never heard of that one before. There was a little filly horse by the name of Apricorn. You know, it was me that convinced the studio to produce the picture in the first place. But they didn't want to cast me in the role of the plucky stable boy. They said I was too old. I was 47. But I assured the studio heads that I could comb my hair differently and dress like little Lord Fauntleroy. They still wouldn't bite. And so I convinced my good friend from the Steam Actors Guild, Joey Bumford Cabbage, to... You mean the Screen Actors Guild, right? Yes, them too. The studio suits couldn't say no to Mr. Cabbage. And so after he was cast, and after they had shot most of the picture, he used his influence to get me the stable boy part. I later made him ambassador to Acapulco. That's in Chocolate, Spain. The horse in the movie's name was Apricorn. Yes, we had to shoot the Mustang after it made a threatening phone call to the producer and tried to start up an onion. You mean start a union, right? Yes, he tried to do that as well. Well, I haven't watched it yet, but I could go out on a limb and say that that movie was terrible. <laughs> hey, that sounded like a half-man, half-volcano. <laughs> and it's a volcano. <laughs> this is just some crazy weather on this planet today. First, the sun is about to explode, 
then a volcano man. What's next? Does a duck in a suit start serving us moon cheese and space macaroni? I hope so. It's getting close to lunchtime in this sector. I'm going to go outside and see. Wait, sir. I need you to sign this executive order saying that if you're killed by a space anaconda, then I inherit the free enterprise. Wait for me! But wait. You forgot to have your toes dipped in mayonnaise first. Oh, no, they don't. They're not leaving us holding this bag of crazy old man beans. We're going to. Come on, Sulu. Stop. You haven't been processed by the Abacus Ron yet. He's my duplicate that runs the cash register. Oh, well, I had better watch the tape that Nancy set aside for me. It has some mole people in it. <laughs> well, isn't this nice and refreshing? A primitive and prehistoric caveman set. I wonder where that volcano man is. <laughs> Wait, that's him over there. <laughs> oh, no. We must have gone through some kind of interdimensional time portal. One that was tied into imdb.com. This is really not good, sir. And this is the second to last episode before cancellation. Don't panic. Well, yeah, just look at the fantastic backdrop on this set. It must be ten feet long and must have cost tens of dollars. And look at that tribe of primitive caveman extras all living in an arid desert, which coincidentally looks just like a region where their fossils were found. <laughs> if this doesn't prove that climate change isn't real, I'm not sure what will. But how can we get back to the Asbestos Reagan Library? I'm hoping to host that panel discussion on the merits of fostering democracy in Latin American countries by subverting all of the institutions of government and supporting the most violent and corruptible military elites. <laughs> there are some blonde cave people reacting to the charge of a big studio ladder with a bucket on top of it. That would be a stand-in for a stop-action Allosaurus to be spliced in later. Ladder or not, whatever it is, it's carnivorous. And it looks very, very hungry. I can't panic. Help, somebody help! What the... How did we end up here? Which back lot is this? Don't tell me that we're on location again, meaning we've been laid off, or worse. That Mission Impossible has booked our indoor sets again, and we have to take our show outside. Our genius producers must have used the studio's warehouse as the Reagan Video Library set. This must be the loading dock. Oh Christ, I think I can see the parking lot over there with my own freaking horse trailer. Help me! Help me! I was about to say at least Pearl wasn't here, but I guess that was just wishful thinking. Pearl, you freaking idiot! You're not supposed to talk to us from the other location! You're wrecking the show! But Ned, it's like all prehistoric over here, and we're only minutes away from becoming animated dinosaur chow! Sounds like you finally found the role you were destined for, Pearl. If it's any consolation to you, the dinosaur will probably choke on you twice, coming in and going out. 
No, really. What do I do? What do I do? Just set your phasers on Ray Harryhausen. Then, we're looking at a standard western town set. It's probably the one that they used in Bonanza or the Rifleman. I mean, it's really primitive, but hardly prehistoric. There's no vines or anything. But how could that be? We all went out of the same door in the library. How could the art direction be so at odds? Listen, fool. You went through the glowing doorway into the stupid B-movie you were watching. We did the same, except your movie has a few extras in it and some special effects. I don't think that ours has anything in it at all. What the hell was the name of that stupid picture? Cattle Queen of Montana or something. That's right. We were watching One Million Years B.C. The more primitive tribe with the dark-haired people were just about to attack the more advanced tribe with the blonde-haired people. If it weren't just a movie, I'd consider becoming a military consultant for the pawn side. They're always preferred. <laughs> Uh-oh, Mr. Pearl. I think that studio letter has just sniffed us with his olfactory bucket. He's coming for us now. Oh no, the end is near. Don't get up my hopes, Pearl. <laughs> We're running now. <laughs> that guy's always freaking running for something. Hey, Chinaman, what are you doing dilly-dallying around that wagon? Who the hell are you talking to back there? Don't tell me you're talking to a horse. That guy looks like one of our show's extras, except he has working legs. Who's he talking to, Ned? What's a Chinaman? What's going on, Ned? Who said that? Did the set manager finally show up? Tell him to let me out of here. The doors are locked. Shut up, Pearl, you freaking bonehead. Well, I'll be confounded and flapjacketed. That horse just up and said something, and he said it and I heard it. It's a little early to be sipping from the whiskey well, isn't it, old timer? I'm telling you, Bobby Sweet, I knows what I heard, and that there Chinaman is enjoying an unlawful and blasphemous conversement with a dumb animal. Oh, well, last week you said a horseless carriage was maneuvering its way down the boulevard, unaided by any manner of lever or wheel. You said that it proceeded to spit out a man and then another man carrying what we rural folks refer to as a portfolio. You're plumb crazy, that's what I think. Wow, the town crackers on your set called the streets boulevards. Shut up, Pearl, and go back to feeding your ass to the dinosaurs. The dinosaur standard is chasing after Captain Romney right now. I think the producers are going to have to speed up the film to make this believable. Otherwise, it'll just look like they're jogging together. See what I mean, Bobby Sweet? Oh, well, I saw it and I heard it. It seems like the Chinaman is the only one not talking. I reckon it's a touch of frontier witchcraft, and I thought the cavalry had stamped all that out. Don't you understand? Witchcraft is like an underground coal fire. You think it's out, and then it goes and travels all subterraneous like to another place and pops up where you least expect it. We need to get the law on this and maybe even the fire brigade. Get the sheriff on down here and let him take these mystical miscreants into custody. Okay, I'll call him right now if that's what you want. 
There's no telephone invented yet, and anything like it would be akin to witchcraft. The same kind that's got us so up and mortified already. So, Bobby Sweet, you just mosey on up the boulevard and extract him like from his office duties. Well, he's probably just drinking, don't you reckon? There's a good chance of it. I'll keep a watch on these evil doing on braids until the sheriff gets here. Now you get... Ned, I don't think this is the cattle queen of Montana movie. For one thing, they're not even trying to make this look like Montana. And don't tell me that one of those guys is Barbara Stanwyck. Oh, western towns are interchangeable. Didn't you know that? New Mexico Territory, Montana, freaking Kentucky... They're all the same. Ned, the Allosaurus standing is, is heading for me now. Its, it's teeth are like the things we might stuff into cluster bombs, except they've been glued into the mouth of a horrible beast. Sounds like you better start sniveling out your prayers, bonehead. At least the rest of us have finally had our prayers answered. Ah, here comes a sheriff, just in time. Listen to him, Rance. It's just like I said... The horse talks and a disembodied spirit talks. The only one that doesn't talk much is the Chinaman. Ah, it's witchcraft, all right. Some Indian witch doctor must have muted the Chinaman and then gave his voice to the horse. And then a Manitou spirit grew from the horse's side. Took flight and inhabited the wall of the livery stable. Witchcraft is what that is. Wouldn't witchcraft be like a broom? Well, I'll be gambled out. The Chinaman can talk, too. Yeah, he tells jokes, but not good ones. Like the one about the three prospectors that comes into a bordello. First one found Ivory. Second one found Goldie. Third one found Fanny. They called that one Carl the Apparition Bonehead. And so that's confirmation right there. It's got the word bone in it. That's practically the same as conjuring up a ghost, or apparition, as they say. I guess we'll lasso up the lot and take him off to prison. How in tarnation are you going to get a spirit out of a wall? You'd have to do that before you can transport it to the jail where it surely belongs. That's a fair question. And a fair answer would be that we'll pry out a few wall bores and see if we have any luck getting them to testify during the tribunal. I reckon those boards would be apt to burn pretty well. That is, after they're all found guilty by a jury of the peers. Which, in this case, would be about 12 other boards. This isn't the cattle queen of Montana. Not with this case. Somebody must have recorded over the tape. I think you're right, Ned. I think this may be an episode of Kung Fu. One that wasn't even good enough for them to air. I guess we'd better start playing along. Maybe it will end quicker and then we could go home on time for once. Uh, hey Sheriff, I guess we're here to work on the railroad and try to get it finished as quickly as possible. I reckon I'll take your word for that, gentlemen. But hey, you're not going to be building any railroad, you know. You're heading for chain gang work on Mr. Buster's Orangutan All-Star Ranch. Somebody has a ranch around here? It can't be too profitable. 
I would think that even a Parthusian muglodot would have to pack a lunch before flying over this place. Uh, just so you know, they really like lunch, I guess. No dag nabbit, Mr. Busturd's got skill and ingenuity and... Uh, and... Cutting? No, that's not it. Jesus, timing! No, no, no. How about agility? No, stick to attitude. That was the word I was looking for. That's not even a proper cracker word. And what kind of a name is Boss Turd? Well, at the risk of playing the devil's hand of pinochle and conversing with a demonic beast, I'll tell you now. The man was a land speculator turned developer turned politician turned sociopath turned senile gazer. Still, he finds ways to get cash out of people all the time. He has able-bodied men, usually strangers, arrested and sent to a private prison that he owns. The government pays him for that. They also pay him to let prisoners break up stones on his own ranch. Geologists say that in 500 years, he should be able to grow sorghum on that land. But hell, it's already yielding the cash, so who cares? Isn't this just a slightly altered Big Valley plot? Yeah, but this time it's got somebody in it that can fight with kung fu. Now get a move on. We're going to Boss Turd's Orangutan All-Star Ranch. Great. I can totally wait. Wow, I just narrowly escaped getting hit by the dino head bucket when the ladder broke. I'm glad they ended up painting a little face on it. It really made me think dinosaur when I saw it. <laughs> you know, I'm pretty sure this was how the dinosaurs died out back in biblical times. They all fell over and kicked the bucket. <laughs> no one couldn't save them from the flood because he was too busy rounding up two of every beetle species. Turns out there were over 350,000 of them. You know, God loves beetles even though their albums were rife with blasphemes. I think that Noah was confused over what to do with the hermaphroditic species. I mean, do you bring two of each mollusk? Why, if you can just cut one of them in two, that would have saved hours of mundane searching. <laughs> you know, I think that did gross the Lord out a bit, and that's why he created gummy worms. Captain, what if the dark-haired, more primitive caveman was injured during that ridiculous dinosaur chase? His friends have run away. Or maybe they've gone over to the commissary. Oh, look! Some of the more advanced and blonder people are approaching him. Yes, God created the Aryan race right after he finished making all those beetles. <laughs> Let's go talk to the man while he's down. Maybe we can secure some mineral rights to this movie and to this time period. Good idea, sir. I mean, great idea! The Confederation can clean up by exploiting natural resources in movie sets of the past. Imagine the fictional worlds, oceans, deserts, and whole worlds that we can unlock. And it will be all ours. Yes, we might make a bundle on a Whole Foods market in this place. And the beauty is, the Confederation won't even take a cut. They're just content to smile and wink at us as we rake up the jewels and stock certificates. Now let's see. How do I converse with this fella? Why don't you try some of the dialects that you heard in other episodes of our show that featured cavemen? Fantastic idea, Mr. Pearl. <laughs> Akita! 
Kranka, Akita, Akita, Kranka, Akita. That sounded really authentic, sir. But what did you say? You know, I'm not entirely sure. But I think I may have just ordered Pleistocene Espresso. I don't think it's working, though. He's not hopping, too. Good idea, though, sir. Hey, try to order one for me, too. Maybe a large order will motivate him to get up and get moving. Hey, cave amigo. Make mine a double cappuccino and put a gallon of cream on it. <laughs> Let me try to put that into words he can understand. Akita! Kranka! Akita! Oh, 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 my head. Jeepers, it feels like someone hit my noggin with an impossibly large tree. Uh-oh. Where's the rest of me? Oh, there it is. Excuse me, sir, but you seem to be bodily complete and full of wind and timber. Although the tree that hit you on the head may have inflicted some brain damage, you may want to go to a cave doctor or a doctor. In the meantime, you can plug your ears with handkerchiefs to stop anything from leaking out. What a good idea. I'll have some brought in from the blonde people's cave back in Bitburg, Germany. <laughs> Straight from the hallowed graves of the fatherland to your ears, Mr. President. But what are you doing here in this movie? Are you panning for paleo-conservative ideas? Probably, but I think that Bill Casey has gone off and joined a herd of hadrosaurs. Hey, they were moving in herds. Ah, there you are, Raquel. I think I need my makeup redone. I'm starting to talk like someone who isn't wearing a caveman skin. <laughs> she has rock in her name. <laughs> you know, you think she'd have scars on her body. I mean, a lot of them. Cavemen live rough lives. At least if cave paintings are any guide. You know, always tossing toothpick-sized spears at impressionistic megafauna. Wait a minute. None of those people have scars. We haven't seen a single scar since we got here. This is an idealized caveman world, Mr. Pearl. That's why it looks like Utah. God made these people from primordial petrochemicals. Plastics, my good man. Nobody has any scars at all. Also, no one ever falls down when pursued by unregulated beasts of the marketplace. <laughs> Let me show you. Hey, you there. You, McGrunk. How long had it been since you fell down or since an animated dinosaur bit you on the elbow? Ugh. See? Even McGrunk doesn't remember. That's fantastic, Captain. Of course it is. Of course it is. But you know what else, Mr. Pearl? I look around me and, and I see me. From sea to shining sea, I see me. This place is so very me. Kranka! Kranka! Hey, yes. Except the sea here is called Akita. And that's where we go to collect sea ham. Now I must go. I must co-found a primordial private equity firm and also marry as many of the blonde people's women as possible. Yes, that's what I must do. Akita. Oh, Captain, haven't you forgotten something, sir? We have to get back to the Reagan video library set. We have to warp out of the system before the son of the dear leader explodes. Akita! Kranka! Akita! Kranka! have said that better myself. Mr. Wrong, could you help me get back to the video library, please, sir? I'm afraid that you can never leave here, Mr. Burrow. 
No one is allowed off this soundstage until the day's shooting is done. But I'm not even supposed to be in this picture. What do I know about volcanoes and bilking rich cave widows? Most of our caves have no windows, but I've been working on a way to make some. I put some clear water together with some rocks, and I've been stirring the mixture twice daily. I think I may have cooked a window by now. Let me go down there and check. Um, I know. Sir, I can give you a window. Yes, I can give you a really nice window. Just show me how to leave this place, and then I'll have it shipped right to your cave. I'll throw in a few astro bombs. Well, that sounds great, but I'll need it before the volcano starts blowing hot tamales on us. Also, you will die if you try to get back to the video library. You see, you haven't been processed by Frankie Avalon yet. He works the cash register. Um, yes, sir. I, I guess I haven't at that. Ah, say, who may inquire is in charge of the spacefaring bucket? Is it you, Mr. Whale? I have an urgent need to visit my tailor back on Earth. I have developed an unfortunate tear in my white dinner jacket. You will naturally lay in a course to that longed-for place of my birth, the place most favored by God, that azure world of our very nature. Ach, Doc Bone, I'm minding the store up here while the landing party is busy digging the shallow graves. We cannot leave orbit, not unless the captain says it, and not before. I say poppycock! We can make a quick passage to the celestial isle that is our fatherland. And we could have done it already if you weren't so set on dilly-dallying and obfuscating, sir. Doc, don't you have any patience to attend to? Surely you can at least do something for all the victims of your surgical incompetence. You sewed up Mr. Stephanie's butt by mistake, and now I can't even go down a slide properly. See to your doctorly duties, man. I see. I'm seen to my duties. My duties are right here. I am surrounded by duties, sir. Mr. Walsh, sir, I've been trying to contact the captain and the landing party as you ordered, but so far I get no response. I think they may be trying to avoid me. Someone must have provided them with a banned history book. I thought I had them all destroyed. That is, except for the World Book Encyclopedia. Pre-1974, that is. Ach, Nixon, just keep fiddling with the radio until you get some response from the captain. I don't understand it. The captain knows just how little time we have before the degenerate ruler of this planet puts a torch to the stockpile of nuclear warheads. Ah, say, well then the people down there in that ill-fated world should have thought twice before they spurned the Baron's line as signature gold-ass gentleman's trousers. They come together with a genuine diamond stick pin fly. They deserve to be a bestseller. Doc, we're not leaving until we beam back up the other main characters in the show. Unless we do, we'll be cancelled for sure. That would be it, Doc. Non-existence. It's a devil's choice, then. If we stay, we risk losing all to a righteous nuclear tantrum thrown by a godly leader in short pants. 
Ah, say, if we go, then the pagans and Jews that run the media will unceremoniously throw our show on the junk heap, along with all of us. Yes, it's true. And it's what I've been saying for years. The Jews that run the media tried to cancel me back when I was president. They sent some nobody reporters out to dig up some dirt. Crookwood and Jewstein, I think they were called. They got some dirt all right, but it was of their own manufacturing. The Cubans that were breaking into the Democratic National Party headquarters were just doing it because they forgot their keys. They were all Democrats themselves. Ask Ted Cruz's father. Or better yet, ask Ricky Ricardo. He knows them all. He's around here somewhere. We were just drinking alone together. Ah, you see why we cannot leave. This is what our show would be left with. I'd rather we go out in a blast of glory. Okay, you two. Just wait here. The boss will want to have a look at you before you're assigned to your work detail. Jesus, the only thing worse than being in a terrible show is being forced to wait around in a terrible show. Well, there's obviously not much acting involved. We just went a half an hour with no dialogue. Yeah, but there were some fancy camera angles of us walking through the desert. Like that long shot of us, the one that pans down while the sun is refracting off the lens, making a nice little prism. I think that was a mistake. Don't worry though, they're not going to shoot it again. You two keep quiet. Here comes the boss, Mr. Boss Turd. Thank you, Sheriff Crawdad. I didn't expect you to make such a fuss for my birthday. Um, yep, uh, sir. But before they start up a juggling and a dancing, just let me have a word with them. You're not telling me that they're part of a union, are you? I thought that was why we hired Orientals and other Orientals that live inside horse suits in the first place. In actuality, sir... These two are bad hombres. One is a rantle, like you said, but the other's the devil's very own marionette, belching and a-spitting up evil thoughts and thwarting the good deeds that we western sheriffs do on a regular basis. You know, you can smell hell, but you don't own it. Now, take my boy. That's my blood. That's me. Uh, yes, sir. I'll just take these two over and link them up to the chain gang already in progress, if that's, if that's all right with you, sir. Well, sure, sure. Let me just get these handcuffs on you two. Uh, <coughs> oh. Come on. Here. Okay, that's done. Now follow me. That's all you're gonna do, Chinaman? Can you please stop calling me that? 
But you're supposed to move your wrists in some fancified motion that pops off the cuffs like they were made of nougat. And then after I come for you with my guns drawn, you're supposed to beat me up with kung fu. And why exactly would I want to put myself out in a performance like that? Could the show possibly get canceled any sooner? I mean, this is the second to the last episode from what I understand. Just beat him up with Kung Fu Sulu. Then we can get out of this stupid show and get back to our own stupid show. Oh, what am I saying? Do what the demonic horse says, Chinaman. I've got to wrap this up and get over to the palatial theater down on Water Street. I'm appearing in all-cowboy production of Macbeth. We're giving it a touch of rodeo. I guess we wouldn't want to be responsible for delaying a powerful piece of art like that. Okay, okay. But this is all just so stupid. And I don't even know any kung fu moves. It's all going to be in slow motion anyhow. So it'll be smooth no matter what moves you use. Try some interpretive dance or maybe some Tai Chi. Now come on. Kick me in the teeth. Wait a minute, boys. Now I'm the biggest landholder in these parts. In fact, I own everything as far as you can see in all directions. We're in a freaking shack. What you just said means that you own the shack. Instead of fighting, you boys should be working together. You should be wielding hammers and breaking up stones in this desert and making soil. Good soil that can be planted with sorghum, prozo millet, and other cereal crops. The North 40 is going to be planted with Captain Crunch. You're never going to be able to grow crops in this desert rock dust, you old fool. It's 110 degrees out here, and there's no water. You know, a beta geezer was once like you. Who? Keep defying authority. Keep on this path and you'll be sorry. You'll end up feeling like a walnut with the insides gone. Instead of fighting us, you should be looking at the natural wonder of things. Sulu, would you hurry up and start beating these guys up in slow motion? Their stupidity is making me go blind. We have to find a way back to that idiotic Reagan video library. Hey, this pantomime cowboy's face went all pale when I said the words video library. Probably has a guilty conscience. I could just imagine what movies a guy like that is gonna side out. Probably some kind of cow porn. That's Carpon! What about it then, Tex? Maybe you're the one practicing frontier witchcraft. Maybe you should be breaking up stones on the chain gang right alongside us. Oh, but it doesn't look like you'd survive much of that, old-timer. Looks to me like your string is about rolled out. Keep your voice down. If Mr. Boss Turd hears this, I'll be in the quicksand for sure. He's just been waiting for an excuse to replace me with his mamby-pamby, pimpled-up, sissified, picture-painting nephew. I think we understand each other, then. Don't you fellas know... You can't show your faces in that library again. After you go through the checkout counter, there are no returns. And that applies even if the tape doesn't work right, or if the movie has been recorded over. But we never signed anything out. 
There was no checkout. Then you have to get back at once. Without first signing it out, you can only watch a movie in that place for a few hours. After that, you're subject to a steep penalty. Maybe even five dollars. How do you think that Mr. Boss Turd got the money to buy this ranch? I figured he pushed the skeleton the previous owner off the rocking chair was sitting in and sat down himself. No one in the right mind would ever pay anything for a dump like that. Oh, all right. Follow me and I'll take you two back to the pearl. Can't you just say door? I mean, who do you think you're fooling? <laughs> well, now that I own everything in the blonde people's cave, I'm looking to drop a contract in order to rent it all back to them. <laughs> hey, but there doesn't seem to be any paper on this world. Mr. Pearl! Do you see any tall rocks? Or maybe some bones that I can write on? My guess is that there should be a lot of bones around. I mean, it's so prehistoric here. Perhaps you can write contracts on caveman skin. That would allow enough space to insert clauses favorable to your position. I already did some of that. Trouble is that most of these brutes of the heartland won't stand still. That is, unless you club them on the head. <laughs> also, representing property with pictograms takes up a lot of skin space. I'm also running low on subjects. These people just don't reproduce fast enough to suit healthy commerce. The good news is that I've been working on that one. I've been marrying people to each other all afternoon. <laughs> There's a shortage of potable wives, though. I had to marry those two brutes over there to the same giant sea turtle. <laughs> I see. But, sir, I, I didn't think the plan was to stay here so long. Uh, can't we just do a plan B on these people? You know, secure all of their planet's valuable resources and labor and Pick out a few sites for massive military installations along with a few toxic dump sites and then we're out. Well, I guess that's our plan A too, isn't it? I'm sure it is. <laughs> Anyhow, I can't leave my new wife Raquel just yet. <laughs> she still has a word rock in her name. <laughs> Anyhow, I drew a herd of mastodons that I'm interested in acquiring on her back and sent her over to the dark-haired people's caves. I want to see what they can do for me. Truth be known... I'm more after their volcano front properties. <laughs> oh, how rude of me. I neglected to introduce you to the leader of the dark-haired people. <laughs> I own him Rock Grockenbarrel. <laughs> this is Rocknald. I wrote his name on his belly so we won't forget who he is. I'm happy to meet you, Rocknold. But, um, haven't we met somewhere before? Well, ugh. Well? <laughs> I've been trying to teach him a few words, and at least master the many meanings of the word Akita, but so far no luck. That's okay, I can still understand him. Turns out he agrees to every term and condition that I can come up with. I wrote most of our contract on his back. I put the clauses and stuff on his fanny. There I found it convenient to write in duplicate. Captain, but the end of the movie is coming. The blonde people and the dark-haired people are going to war. At the same time, the volcano is going to erupt and all the sets are going to be destroyed. And if that's not bad enough, Oh, the big ladders in the studio will have buckets placed on top of them. They're about to run amok. Your property, sir. It will all be destroyed. In light of this new insider information, I'm going to have to redouble my efforts to acquire all the assets on this planet before it gets destroyed. I'm thinking multi-trillion dollar insurance claims. According to the Confederation's Guide to Favorably Approximating Assessments, this cave alone would be classified the same as a 75-story deluxe office tower. And that's just for starters. Mr. Pearl, hand me my dung pencil. Look, 
I wonder what you've been writing with. Well, Akita. Akita. <laughs> See, the big boy likes me. But what did he say? He just said that the national government here will make good on all my post-volcano projected losses. From liquid magma to liquid assets. How about that? Really? He was pointing at the cave door when he said it. <laughs> I taught him well. That's exactly where the cave door is. Great. So now we're freaking back in the video library. Oh, Christ. There's that stupid old man. Eh, <laughs> so you found your way back at last. You never signed out that movie you two jumped into. Just come over here to the checkout counter, and my duplicate, Abacus Ron, will process you. We're not renting that stupid movie. We're looking to collect or even stupider captain and get out of here before the Trumpian sun explodes. Oh yes, you're an animal. Let me see if I can interest you in this picture. It's called Bedtime for Banjo. It was written by William Shakenbake. Ned, don't we need to find what movie the captain was watching in order to find him and get him back, I guess? I was once in a movie called Voice of the Turtle. Perhaps they are there. Or the one called Stallion Road. I think that one had a horsey in it. You could go in there. I think they were in a caveman movie. Pearl said that he was being chased by a ladder with a bucket on top of it. That sounds like our studio's conception of a dinosaur. Okay, start going through Reagan's abysmal list of screen credits and find the caveman movie and hope that nobody taped over it like they did with the cattle queen of Montana. I was in another picture called King Kong. That was called Hong Kong, idiot. You don't even know your own frickin' movie disasters. Twas beauty killed the beans. Did you hear that, Mr. Garbanzos? I think I found it, Ned. It was still in the machine. It's called One Million Years B.C. Feels like this episode is taking about a million years. No, that's what the movie's called. That's where Pearl and the captain are. Hey, Ned, do you know what I'm thinking? Why don't we just leave them there? Our show is going to be canceled in about 15 minutes anyway. What's the difference? This is the second to the last episode. I guess we could finally give up the pretense of trying. Okay, now hold it right there, misters. Don't make any false moves or I'll blast you for sure. Jesus, this episode turns out a dime, doesn't it? What's next? Is the director going to show up with a birthday cake? And is Chuck Connors going to jump out of it? Now where the hell did this guy get a ray gun? Okay now, nice and easy like. Let's put down those VHS tapes and start moving along to the cash register. You're going to be processed and then sent into one of my movies, if it's the last thing I do. You're my responsibility, Garst darned it. I've got the movie that we're watching. I said it's one million years B.C. or some version of it anyhow, although it may be a collection of deleted scenes. Yes, that would be correct. If memory serves in that picture, I played the cutting room floor. 
Jesus, I don't believe I'm saying this, but put the movie in the machine and let's see if they're in there. Uh, okay. It's actually still in the machine. There. It should be playing now. Now call out to your friends. If you want, you can yodel. That's the way we used to communicate to each other across the long distances between movie sets. Why didn't you just use the phone? Hey, Willard! Are you out there in that bomb somewhere? Hey, Pearl, do you hear me? God, I don't believe I'm doing this. Yes, I hear you. This is terrific. I knew we'd be rescued. I just knew it. They can't get along without us. My expertise is irreplaceable. Not so fast, Pearl. This freaking old man said we can't get you back here if you're wearing an Abercrombie suit. Hopefully you are, and then we can take in some caveman to replace you. I think I'd find that quite refreshing. But I don't have a stylish tracksuit on. Not that I wouldn't be able to pull off the look of a 20-something young professional. I just put on my uniform this morning as usual. Isn't there a reg about that? Probably. Well, there goes my hopes and dreams. Pearl, collect our idiot captain and drag your asses back through the portal. The Hitlerian sun is gonna go off any minute now. I think the Baron just had some sugar pops and there are only a few more minutes left in the show. I'm packed and ready to come back right now, but you should know that the captain has been acting funny on this job. It's almost as if he's reverted back to the wild and rugged business practices of his Pleistocene ancestors. Now I'm talking pre-Mormon, pre-frontier, and even pre-good dental hygiene. Honestly, I haven't seen him pray or floss once since we entered this movie. He's always been a freaking business fascist. We just need you to get him to the door. Just tell him that the King of Dorktonia wants to offer him an exclusive contract to supply rock for his... Rock Yard! Hey, that might just work. I think rocks are the main export for this set. That and lava, which is pretty much rocks again, isn't it? You're a freaking rockhead, Pearl! Now get the captain fool and make it snappy! Captain! Captain, there you are, sir. Oh my god, the devastation! But I don't understand it. Everyone is dead, save for you! Was it a drone strike or some other kind of sanctioned alien harvest? Hey, how come I wasn't in on the contract? <laughs> it was terrible! The blonde tribe fought the dark-haired people to the death! And all to the sound of a raging volcano! The dinosaurs, even the dinosaurs, awkwardly craned their necks via low-budget animation, as they too died in hex fury. Oh well, at least they wiped the slate clean for a whole new regime! I already owned everything that wasn't battened down already, but now I can boldly take possession of the stuff that was battened down. Mr. Pearl, find me a big stick. I want to write up a huge contract. I'll write it in the lava before it cools. Captain, I hate to be the one to tell you this, but I don't think this movie planet is worth a heck of a lot. In fact, as a franchise, it's dead. There never was a sequel to One Million Years B.C. That's right. There never was a Beneath One Million Years B.C or escape from one million years B.C. But there could be. Hey, Taco, get Roddy McDowell on the seashell and tell him to get over here fast and bring his monkey suit. Uh, that's good, sir. 
Tell your dead Mexican caveboy assistant to gather the rest of the cast together. Or just prop up a few more dead cavemen. We just found the sequel. It's Escape from One Million Years B.C. Yeah, it starts with a missing scene of us finding a crashed spaceship under the ocean, somehow dragging it out, getting the eels out of it, and then competently piloting it to the future. Next thing you know, we're standing in the Reagan Video Library set, taking off our space helmets and showing the audience our unexpected monkey faces. <laughs> if Paramount won't come to the monkey, then let the monkey drive to the studio lot and get a valet to park their limo. So we're going back then. Oh, goody. Right this way, sir. So you finally decided to come back. Holla freaking Louia. Now can we please get out of here before Trumpy and Bond shithead blows the planet a new asshole? <laughs> Sharon Ed, I'm all back to normal now. I no longer harbor the primitive need to own commodities and dramatic works of science fiction like my ancestors did. Nope. <laughs> Although I may bite if a certain obelisk comes up at Sotheby's. Make way there. Uh-oh. I've fallen and I can't get up. Pearl, plop him into a shopping cart, then heave him out of the door. See to it or I'll see to you. But I don't think I can lift him by myself. Can I just kick him towards the door and then maybe he can crawl the rest of the way? Oh, Jesus Christ. I'll put him in the cart. Thanks, Sulu. Oh, yeah, and you can consider that an order. Are you kidding? Well, I'm glad that Mr. Astos made his escape. But what movie did he choose? Do we know? I don't freaking know. Bedtime for Borco or something like that. Sounds like a horror movie to me. Speaking of which, it's time we get back to the ship. Sulu, put in a call to Welsh. See if the transporter junk heap has all its rubber bands in place. Uh, aye, sir. <laughs> There's no need to look at me with concern anymore, Mr. Pearl. I'm back to being myself again. Actually, I was just checking my space email. I think I may have been named the Special Undersecretary of Elective War. That is back on Earth in the distant past. I just knew they couldn't get along without me. Yes, those cavemen are all dead now. Dead and buried long ago. Hey, but who buried them if they all died? I mean, who is around to order around a shovel jerk? Perhaps you're just speaking metaphorically. Or maybe you're referring to geological forces that over time would bury just about anything. <laughs> or turn them into molten soup of some kind. Whether a bowl of goulash or a bowl of eulash, may it all taste as sweet. Mr. Sulu? Beam us out of this hall of tapes. Uh, Captain, I'm right here. I've been together with the landing party for at least two hours. Ack, I'm beaming you up now. Do you think the lot of you could stop your wiggling? Affirmative on that, engineer. <laughs> That's an affirmative.
witches. Why do you deny it? Not let them hear you. There are witches. There are. Splinters already. I believe so. That's the song about cornbread that I'm making up right now. Look forward to hearing it on your radio machine. Do people still listen to radio machines? Yes, they do. In fact, I do. What channel do you listen to? <laughs> Jesus Christ on a bike. No, Jesus didn't have a bicycle, Joe. The bicycle was invented by a different other lord. How do you know? The Messiah of Bicycles. How do you know? I am the Messiah of Bicycles. <laughs> and this is my friend. <laughs> it's my friend, Mr. Worm. <laughs> Mr. I... Worm usually avoids bicycles. In. Dude. That's why we make bicycle tires with extra, 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 extra big, whatever they're called. Spokes? No. What's the... Hubs? No. Part of the tire. Energy. Treads, treads. Big treads, treads so you don't run over the worm. Ah, worm I see. might get under the tread. I don't understand. Oh, never mind. What are you talking about? You know about? nothing about work. You know nothing, Period. Can you turn down my headphones a little bit? They're of hugely course. loud. How's that? Is that better? Yep. Okay, then. So, Mr. Perry, what have we now? Oh, uh, I don't know. What day is it, Joe? <laughs> well, Still, we just... We're, at, we're in the last days of March, not to be confused with the Ides of March. Yes, we are. We're... Brute. Uh, Brute. Brute. <laughs> See if you could go <laughs> go to the drugstore and pick me up a pack of cigarettes. <laughs> Brute. Brute. Bartholomew. <laughs> Forgot about that. was like a Vincent Price movie. Oh, it's you, Bartholomew. <laughs> he kept saying Bartholomew. Yes, it was the... The late Tim Walsh was very taken by in the pendulum, yeah. I believe, yeah. Is that a Hammer film or something? Yeah, I think it was one of those Hammer films. <laughs> yeah. Where would it's we putting be? putting the hammer down. <laughs> something about Hammer films gave me a headache. Yeah. I think it was the color they used. I'm not sure what it was. 
It was all that Technicolor. Yeah, it was. It's kind of pastel-y weird. They looked very processed. Yeah, it, it was. Uh, it was just a certain technique of making not movies. Good. It was not good. Abacus <laughs> Ron. Indeed. So, so what have you got to say for yourself after the episode? So sorry about the sorry about the bizarre episode of Head Trek. <laughs> sorry about the extremely low quality. There's lots of inside jokes there. Lots of references to other television shows. <laughs> including Kung Fu and the Big Valley and What the hell else was in there? I like the fact that some of uh, Abacus Ron's um, senile ranting was actually just dialogue lifted directly off of, the, <laughs> off of <laughs> off a different episodes. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, some of yeah that episode, that really bizarre episode of Kung Fu where the writers were like on acid or something, and they yeah. were saying like, "Feel like a walnut with the insides gone," <laughs> and you can smell hell, but you don't own it. <laughs> <laughs> you can smell hell, but you don't own it. <laughs> yeah, that was a bizarre episode. Yeah. And Boy, every- I don't know what the hell you're talking about. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Nothing ever answers. It's like Kane just goes on about some kind Oh, of- I don't know what the hell you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, right. That was the answer. That was the answer. Well. It's like toads in a cave <laughs> Toads in a cave That's something that. Dan Rather would say. <laughs> or rather. Well, that's like those in the cave. That sounds very frustrating. Very, very folksy, though. Very folksy. Yeah, fo- folksy. Yeah, that's what I meant to say. Not frustrating. Indeed. But it's late. It's late. It's late. Extremely late. You've been very busy. Oh, my God. Taking care of your... Taking your care. falcons. Taking care of business. Various yeah. falcons. Well, I don't take care of them, but I do... I do. Well, you keep an eye on Yes, yes. We're getting ready for Astrid to lay her first egg of the season. We keep thinking she, she keeps faking us out. She like acts like she's gonna lay an egg. She spends the part of the night in the nest box, and then doesn't lay an egg. She's not late or anything. I mean, she, she was very early laying her eggs last year. So she late started laying her eggs on March twenty sixth last year. Mm-hmm. The year before, she laid on April Fool's Day. No fooling. And the year before that, I think it was April 9th, I think. Or 10th. But the point is, it seemed like the trend was she was getting earlier and earlier every year until this year. But she's been acting like she's going to lay, like, since, like, the 24th or something. So, I don't know. Are they affected by the weather? I mean, does it does it affect when they I, actually gestate? It's a really good question. Probably not. There does appear to be some correlation with... I mean, their behavior probably triggers their physiology. So they've certainly been doing a lot of courtship and a lot of mating. Ridiculous amounts, so... And the male gets so, Aries just gets so excited and he wants her to be in the box laying eggs. It's, at least that's how we interpret it. He's always like screaming for her to get over there. And he's not really happy unless she's in there. Interesting. Yes. How does he, how does he demonstrate that he's not happy? 
Does he well, he's, talk a he's, lot? Yes, he calls to her. He tries to bring food to the box to, to lure her over. And then if she doesn't come, he goes and puts the food away. And he tries it again later brings the same food back to the box. <laughs> and what's funny is if she doesn't come, sometimes he just keeps picking at the food himself. And he takes it. Hey, I think I'll take a bite. Well, <laughs> I'll take another bite. By the end of the day, it's like this little unrecognizable mass of... Well, I might as well have a snack or something. <laughs> She's not going to do the thing. <laughs> Poor guy. <laughs> so, anyway, so that... What's been going on, jazz man? Not too much. Not too much again. Don't you ever do anything? Yes, I do all kinds of things, but nothing that anyone would be interested in hearing. Well, how do you know that? Mostly just busyness. How do you know that? Maybe people would be fascinated. No, I doubt it. I'm not. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not. If I find it boring, I'm sure they do too. (laughs) Most people would think standing in the rain all day was something boring. (laughs) That's what I did. I was an expert at standing in the rain. What if I got to talk about... Picking up crank phone calls. I've got nothing to talk about but me. Yes, it was a very rainy day today. I got soaked in the morning and then came back to get soaked in the afternoon. I saw Julia the beaver, though. That was good. She came out and had a sweet potato. Actually, it's been raining like crazy. I'm kind of worried about the ponds. Hopefully the ponds will be well tomorrow. Yeah. Man, oh man. A lot of precipitation. Well, we had, you know, it's just we had a massive amount of snow here. It's like three and a half feet at the farm. Fell all in one day. Which was a record for one day. Yeah, the snow melt was crazy. And, and so, right, so all that melted, plus we have rain on top of it. So. Did it melt as fast at the at the farm as it did in the city? Because, I mean, no. here it was like... It, no, it, it melted was, It was like five days, it was practically, you know, there, there was like about a third of it left. Really? Wow, that melted Yeah, it fast. just went No, it's No, it stayed longer. I mean, we were able to ski for about... Well, the, the storm was a week and a half ago only? Or is it two weeks? No, it's two weeks. Okay, two weeks ago. Well, more Easily than two, two weeks, weeks ago. Yeah, okay. like two and a half So weeks. the snow, really, we stopped cross-country skiing on it only like four days ago. Oh, okay. So it was still very skiable. You guys are higher. It took us four days to get enough of a trail to get all the way back to the far back woods. So it took us about four days to get back to the far back woods, Joe. Indeed. That's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> hey. Is it really? <laughs> is it really? <laughs> That's outstanding. <laughs> <laughs> I've got three jobs and I never sleep. That's outstanding. That's <laughs> going so American. So we didn't have any music in our sh- in our Ned Trek episode this month. So we're gonna There's give it to you now. <laughs> we're gonna give it so to you now. 
gonna give it to you now. We're gonna give you some sweet tunes. No, what, what are we gonna, what are we gonna play? We didn't talk about it. No, 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 no. Go major now. <laughs> have any idea of what you would want to play for the people at home um there's a lot of options anyone still listening to this podcast has to be a true friend of ours they have to be a true friend indeed. Yeah. this is pretty bad it's pretty bad well we usually we should explain we usually wait until late in the day Probably, oh, I don't know. It's like 8.30 or something. I don't know what time it is. Oh, my God, it's almost 9. After a very long day. Extremely (sighs) long day. It's almost, yeah, 9. It's almost the bread hour. (laughs) It's almost the bread hour. It's the bread hour. It's almost the Eisenhower. It's the Eisenhower. Get your eyes out of the hour. (laughs) I told you to get the eyes out of the hour. Get your eyes out of the hour. What's the matter with that guy, that Ike guy? That's a good question. Ike. Ike. <laughs> Ike. Ike. <laughs> now we're back to Star Trek. Uh, what the hell movie was that that the caveman said Akita a million times? Akita. I forgot the name of that movie. That was a different caveman movie. It was not. If you had just watched the Ned Truck episode, we made reference to 1 million BC, 1 million years BC, which was another caveman movie if you just watched the <laughs> network episode then you didn't see anything oh jesus <laughs> well it's okay listen to it listen to it. listen some people can smell color you can smell hell but you can't <laughs> indeed <sighs> no that's that's a good point what was that point i forgot i don't know whatever it was it was good <laughs> this is worse than usual this is worse than usual. <laughs> this is worse than strange. This is worse than usual. Yes, this is worse than strange. This is worse than usual. This is worse than strange. If I was no man, no land, then the time to lay. I will snap out that. I bet you'd never I bet you never thought you'd hear the Daleks Scat singing we call that song Dalek Sket. From our latest album, <laughs> Dalek Sket. Songs in the key of Dalek. Songs in the key of ass. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. simply beautiful. That's so beautiful. We could, uh, well, we could play selections from Ned Trek from the last 16... Thousand episodes. <laughs> okay, what strikes your fancy? Well, I have a list do you have a list? Oh, you do. Oh, good. 
I have okay. a list right here. It's not exhaustive. Read it. It's, it's like written in your unintelligible scroll. I don't know. Why don't you choose them so I won't have to walk over there? Because <laughs> I'm a lazy mother. Indeed. Well, we could take one from the from the earliest episodes. Sure. Very early episode. What's a good one from the early episode? Uh, how about Freedom Gained? Okay. You play that. Freedom Gained. Now that we have a new Attorney General. Freedom Gained. Oh, my Freedom Gained. Freedom Gained. That guy. Yes. Beauregard. This is for Beauregard. Jeff McSession is there. Jeff McSessions. It was we that lost our freedom When our battle flag folded on the line I say it was we that lost our property The government never repaid us nor did they try Reparations for our kind The poor forgotten gentry Our culture left to rot on the vine Bye-bye freedom There it goes to someone else My freedom rings when some lost our liberty the freedom to make what you do a filthy crime but now we put forward legislation no longer gonna fund your wretched lives now the So
That was it. Oh my god, I kind of forgot all about that song. I totally forgot it. But it's true. Are you going to play it with the... Uh, I Obviously, you already played it, but... <laughs> <laughs> I was. I had to leave the room for a minute. Did you play it with the intro? Uh, um, I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> I'll try and play it with the intro because it has the intro to the the Doc's intro there. <laughs> Doc's intro. Yeah. I'll see if I can find Doc's intro. <laughs> yes, and if it if I did, you certainly enjoyed it. <laughs> That was kind of a weird thing to do. I think out of all the Ned Truck songs, that was the only one that had a song that introduced the song. <laughs> Doc's gonna sing the song right now. That was back in the days before we standardized what Doc sang like. Although it never really was standardized. You have to be a better mimic than me To do a song as Doc Do a song like Doc So, anyway This is what's oh, known is as dead air Dead air, indeed I'm sorry um, Now we can play another another song <laughs> I'm just overwhelmed with that I'm gonna call this Big Lame Big Lame this is Big Lame this is Big Lame and it is extremely lame when is our television show gonna come out Joe? I don't know after they hear this I'm sure they will be offering us one yes it would be a YouTube sensation That's fantastic. Fantastic and fancified. What else Indeed. do you suggest that we do? We could what do... Else should we do the song that has Henry Kissinger on it? It's been a long time since we thought about Henry. <laughs> yeah, I don't, Henry sang. Oh no, no Henry. There was no. He never sang a song. Yeah. The closest no, you can just, get is to get one of the early Nixon songs. Just Christmas. What about the Christmas Nixon tree. song where here's the 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 gift? Oh, wait a minute. No, there's what was the Pearl song from the Santorum episode? Was that Masterpiece? No. Okay. Read off some names for us. Oh, oh geez. So what would be Santorum? Hmm. I might recognize it. Wasn't that a Christmas episode? Yeah, I just I started out by saying that. It's from the Santorum's Christmas episode. Okay. That's a Christmas 
Ducks, Christmas, Horrible People, uh, Christmas Green, Neocon Christmas. Yeah, oh, yeah. That one. Yeah, Neocon Christmas. Yeah, we can play that. Okay. Let's play that. a dull and pernicious piece There's no fire in the Christmas tree I'm alone not feeling well Where I sit the lack of war is hell I'm such a lonely little Ian hanging out in space and looking to make war You've all forgot Lay me down my sleepy head Dream sugar bombs and thousands dead You know war is a blessing for some Christmas bells fade to the sound of drums A conniving little Leah Gun always on the job and paving the way <laughs> yes, we introduced a lot of new concepts, and one of them was sea ham. Ronald Reagan seemed to think that sea ham is a thing. Indeed. Well, that was really good. Yes, that was great. That was uh, great, Joe. That was amazing. That was really great music. <laughs> And do you have another one? Yes, I do. Let's let's play um, 
I'm going to suggest that we play... <laughs> this suspense is killing me. This is just too suspenseful. This is too suspenseful. I can't believe the suspense. It's, you can cut it with a no. knife. How about uh, Jesus... Jesus mind. <laughs> How about Jesus? Jesus uh, mind. Well, Joe, I can tell you a lot about Jesus. Jesus mind. How about Jesus? Sure. Jesus is that one? Yeah. Jesus, Jesus has a known mind. mind. <laughs> <laughs>
Stop. That's fantastic. That was fantastic. That song has the best background vocals. That's outstanding. <laughs> Speaking of background vocals, <laughs> we could play this. We could play the song that we spent the most time on background vocals. <laughs> that that was uh oh, up That's on the bridge. Oh yeah. Okay. Okay. Sure. Okay. And then uh, then we could stop and go home. I think that makes sense. We can play the our, play out our podcast. Boy, we're really wrecked this time. Sorry, folks. <laughs> oh, for Christ! I'm usually sleeping by now, and I still have to go home and write a stupid blog post. Jesus, so, so do there. I. We should just be doing blog posts instead of a podcast. I know this is so stupid. This is crazy. Let's abolish this forever. <laughs> it's all done. Okay. There we go. Serendipity smiled on me Got a ticket to have a blast Something barely worth my wife Turned me into an iconoclast Had to wait about a decade Time sure went by fast Now I've got this thing The next ten scenes off But I I don't smoke <laughs> Just gave more lines to the doctor Cause he can't deliver a joke <laughs> Yoko's an out of space now That just can't get old If you want me I'll be in my own way from home I'll be up on the bridge You know right where to find me Turn up the lights You're the last one out the door Then break down the sets tomorrow No one needs spaceships anymore They're going more Residuals with 
a metal kind of TV. But Gordon doesn't begin to express the sentiments of his certain chosen blow. That which we have was a little Good night, everyone. Put Good night, everybody. Put puppies to burn. Indeed. Wow. Miami Beach audience is the greatest audience in the world. <laughs> <laughs>
That's all we got. I'm exhausted. Me too, man. That was exhausting. I'm very tired. This is Big Green. It's brought to you by just about anything you can name. It seemed to get more sucky the longer we went. Indeed. I was using more suckiness at BigGreen.net. I was using this sucky podcast as a front. As usual. Goodness me. Follow me on Twitter at BigGreenJoke. And check out Matt's Falcon Live. For God's sake. <laughs> <laughs>